thank you that you are our friend forever, that you call us your friends. God, it's so much beyond what we can truly comprehend that you through whom all things were made in this earth that we stand on and see and observe with our eyes, God, you have created it and that you would call us friends. Lord, would you, by your Spirit, enable us to grasp afresh the truth of your word that you have for us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to Genesis chapter 1. I'll begin there in just a moment. Before I uh, do, uh, let me highlight um, an unsanctioned, meaning unofficial, ministry that's going out to um, the poor. It's one of those spontaneous moves of the kingdom through the hearts of some young gals uh, here in this congregation. And they just said, you know what, we want to help orphans in Romania. So uh, next Sunday afternoon from 2 to 4, there's going to be a shower for those orphans in um, Romania. And uh, there are some things that you can bring if you'd like to. If you want to contribute, you can. Uh, I've put some of these copies on each of the exits, so uh, feel free to do that. And if you need a contact person, uh, Rebecca Trammell. Rebecca, did you slip out or are you still in here? Anyway, you can contact her. Rebecca was up here in the uh, pretty white dress this morning, as I recall. You can contact Rebecca. Well, Genesis chapter 1, let me uh, share this morning around the Word and out of that Word. And um, you might want to write down some scriptures and then study them on your own. That's what I like to do. I mean, I'm just... uh, But I want to begin this morning by looking at the fourth day of creation. God spoke and he created everything that we see around us. And on the fourth day of creation, um, God not only created the heavens and the earth, but he wanted to divide the light from the darkness. And in order to do that, uh, verse, let's begin at verse 16 of chapter 1 of Genesis. It says this, Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and he also made the stars. So what that verse says, obviously, is God made the sun to rule the day, and God made the moon to rule the night, and he made the stars in between and everything around it that we see. Verse 17, God set them in the firmament of the heavens in order to give light to the earth in the day and in the night. And verse 18 said, And he did this in order to rule over the day by means of the sun and uh, to rule over the night, parenthetically, by means of the moon, and to divide uh, the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 19 says, So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now, I want to start here for just a moment and think with you for a minute. This is going somewhere. (laughs) 
This is a metaphor, but it's more than that. It's a literal creation, but like most things in the Old Testament, it's a type or a shadow of something more and something greater. The sun, if you think about it, is the, uh, is the essence of light. I don't know much about it from a physics or physiological standpoint, but what I do know is it's real hot. And that heat generates real light without which life could not be sustained. Uh, and so the essence of the sun is um, light and heat uh, and therefore life. But the essence of the moon, if you think about it, and uh, there are some who believe we actually have walked on the moon, and I'm one of them, though that's uh, a split decision by those who are... Um, a theorist of, of things that may not be. But anyway, um, the, the moon uh, is, is a... You've seen the pictures of the moon. It's, it's dust and craters and all this stuff. And I don't want to expand too much there. But the purpose of the moon is to do something. God created the greater light, the sun, to rule the day. And God created the lesser light to rule the night. Now, what was the purpose then of the moon? The purpose of the moon was simply to bear the image in the night of the sun. Hello? <laughs> the purpose of the moon was to reflect back something that was not inherent in itself. Hello? You say, well, that's of just of no value. Have you ever been out in the night when the moon hasn't been around? Darkness is real dark. But when there's the light of the moon, there is sufficient and ample light to help life. So the purpose of the sun is to emit light and heat and sustain life. And the purpose of the moon is to bear the image of another, to bear the image of the sun, to... Um, to, to if, you, if you will, to reflect back into the night uh, that which comes to it from the sun. Now, having established those thoughts, turn to uh, chapter, the same chapter, Genesis chapter 1, and let's look at chapter, or verse 26. We read this last week, but it bears worth reading again. It says this, Then God said, Genesis 1, 26, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Man and female he created them. Now, the analogy or the dots I'm trying to connect are really simple. God created the sun to have in and of itself the essence of light, and that light is reflected through the moon. God has created moms, females, women, and parenthetically, men, to, not irrelevantly men, parenthetically because we're talking about moms, God created man, male and female, 
to do the very same thing, to bear the image of another and to reflect back through who we are the essence of another. God created them uh, typologically or metaphorically or figuratively uh, in the same way He created the moon that there was nothing uh, in their essence that was light or life, but that the moon was created to reflect back and bear the image of the sun. And God says now in this same chapter, verse 27, on the sixth day, fourth day, sun and moon, sixth day, man, male and female, and He created them in His own image and in His own likeness, in other words, to bear His image and to reflect it back in the midst of life. Or if you will, in the midst of uh, darkness. And so uh, we read that God blessed them to bear His likeness, to carry His image, and to reflect His glory. And uh, today, in fact, we celebrate... Well, let me read another verse and I'll expand what we celebrate today. Because this is really more than Mother's Day. You know, there are a whole lot of people who aren't mothers that are female. Any of you in here? You're female, but you're not mothers. Come on, raise your hands. Come on, there's one. Anybody else? Two? Any more? You see, there are women who, who, who are created the very same way that Adam and Eve were created, and your creation is to reflect and carry the image of God. Now, in verse 20, now I'm skipping to chapter 3, verse 20, it says this. Now, this was after the fall after Adam and Eve, you know, did their thing with the apple, and after they were sort of uh, uh, banished from the presence of God, uh, then it says, verse 20 of chapter 3, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living, period. She was the mother of all uh, living. Now, uh, the name Eve... Adam gave to her because she was the mother of everything living. Now, um, here's the point that I want to make here. Um, there is a great temptation on the part of every female, uh, those who are moms and those who are not, and it is also true there is a great temptation on the part of all men to identify yourself uh, with what you do to identify yourself with what you uh, do. Uh, and we could also say we can identify or understand ourselves uh, by virtue of what we don't do. You understand the difference? We can get our self-worth by what we do. And if we do uh, right and good, uh, we can go, boy, you're doing pretty good. But if you don't do uh very well or very good to keep the same term we can begin to gain our identity by what we don't do very well hello now, now it is also true that we can the greatest temptation to you as a human being to you as a mom to you as a female to you as a young lady an older lady doesn't matter the greatest temptation in life is that we would begin to identify ourselves by what we do or don't do or what we have or don't have what you have I have 
all of these things. I have a car and a job and I have a, my, a good family and I, I have these things. But on the other hand, there are many women and men who don't have very much. And the temptation for them is to identify themselves by virtue of what you don't have. Y'all follow what I'm saying? But the point here is, is that your identity can't come from what you do or don't do, or what you have or don't have, or to press it a little bit further, how about what you did? Or what you didn't do? You see, we look at our past and we make assessments about how well we're doing because of what I haven't done or what I have done. What you do or don't do, what you have or don't have, what you did or what you didn't do. And the fact of the matter is, none of those things should be the primary means of identifying your understanding of who you are, moms or women, or dads for that matter, or human beings, uh, because we identify ourselves with what God says about us. Now, the, the, what I've been discovering myself and and sharing now for some time is that I am not and moms you are not and people we are not what we do or what we don't do what we have or what we don't have or what we did or what we didn't do that's not who we are you see who we are is who God says we are now that's where we get all tangled up because I identify, and so do you, primarily with what you do. And if you do well, then your identification is a good identity. But if you don't do so hot, then your identity is kind of poor. And both are errors. Because we aren't what we do or don't do, have or don't have, did or didn't do. What we are is we have been created in the image of God to simply bear the image of another and to reflect back to the world in which we live, the light that we receive from the one who created us, just like the moon. You see the connection? Okay. Now, um, we are who God says we are, to bear His image and likeness and to reflect it back. Now, here's a question as we kind of weave our way into our conclusion this morning. And it is, how can I uh, rule like the moon in the midst of my, well, sometimes um, darkness? Now, I'm using the analogy of the moon and the sun. The sun has the essence of light, and the moon, as it was created, was simply to bear the image of another and to reflect that image back um, in, into that world. And so it is with women, with moms, uh, with, with females. And if you're a man, I don't want you to feel excluded. It's also true for you. That your purpose in life, who you actually are, has to do with who you are reflecting and whose image you are bearing and not so much to do with your activity because there are times when your activity isn't so good. Or it is so good. And both are erroneous uh, reflections of how God created us. He created us simply to reflect. Now, I'm not saying if you're, if you're living a good life, don't. 
And nor am I really saying that if you're not living a good life, you've got to straighten up because there's something more important and that is reflecting the presence of God in your life. Now, we'll see that here in just a minute. How can I rule in the midst of the dark places of my life? As I talk with, with young ladies and uh, young men, for that matter, um, I'm amazed at um, not everybody is having a really great time as a mom. Y'all know that? If you know that kind of humor, men go, yeah, yeah, I know, some, I know some of them. Well, some of them might be some of you. And there's a lot of pain in the midst of life. That's my point. And uh, sometimes the pain is, is because of my choices in living out the natural consequences of, of foolish decisions. Anybody know that one besides me? Uh, you see... But that, in and of itself, can't define me or I'll get off track. Now, the question is, okay, if God created the sun to be the essence of light and the moon to carry its image and bear the image and reflect the image of that light back into the midst of life, and if God created man, male and female, uh, and, and the purpose of creating us in His image and likeness is that we carry His presence or reflect His presence back, or to bear His image in all of life's context, then whether things are going really well with you, or whether things are going really crazy for you, your purpose is the same, and it's singular, and that is to reflect the light and the presence and the glory of God in whatever circumstances you're in. Hello? Like the moon. So then... How can we, uh, I ask the question, how can I rule in the midst of my life uh, and perhaps my life is difficult? Darkness. Well, uh, I searched for the best I could, saying, God, how do I now reflect? Sometimes my life really is going well. And sometimes my life isn't going so well. It's painful. It's difficult. And I say, how can I, if it's true, my identity doesn't come from how I perform over here or over there, but comes from you, then the question is, how can I uh, reflect your presence and rule in the midst of whatever circumstances I'm in? You follow the question? Okay, and the answer to the question, turn to Romans chapter 5, and I want to look at with you what... I think maybe uh, a couple of the uh, most incredible verses that I've come upon, and God's given me some understanding of them for myself, and I want to share them with you this morning. So Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. How can I rule? How can I reflect? How can I bear the image um, of God in the midst of my circumstances, whatever they're like? And... Uh, We have to first of all remember that God made us sort of like the moon. He made us male and female to reflect his presence and to bear his presence. Now anything other than that will create massive frustration for you as a man or for you as a woman or for you as a mom. Um, We must remember that we were made to bear his image 
and to reflect his likeness. Now let's look at verse 17, Romans 5:17. if you want to jot that down and, and meditate upon it a little bit later. It says for this, it says this, For if by one man's offense death reigned through that one, I'm reading from the New King James, if by one man's offense, you know, God created man, Male and female created them. And now this verse, the Apostle Paul is saying, um, by that one man, male and female, even Adam, you remember, they took the, by that offense of saying, um, God knows that he, he doesn't want us to, he wants to keep us from something. Uh, the enemy said that it, the day that you eat of that, you're going to be like him. You see the lie in that? They were already like him. So they ate it. They wanted to be something that they thought they weren't, so they disobeyed. And so verse 14, the first half of it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through that one person. That means death. That means darkness. That means difficulty. That means all of your circumstances, how be they uh, positive or how be they negative, are the direct result of this one act of disobedience. And you inherited that from your foremother and forefather who had the Adam, who had the name Adam and Eve. So if by one man's offense death reigned through the one man, now watch this, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in their life through the one, Christ Jesus. Now what did I just say? I said that in the midst of your life as a bearer of the image of God, a reflector of His, of his presence, whether your circumstances are painful or positive, Whatever your life context is, this scripture says that your life context has come about by the disobedience or by one man's offense, but much more than that, those who receive. Can you say the word receive? Receive what? Receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in the midst of their life through the one, capital one, capital O, through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, the point I want you to see there is that regardless of how difficult your life is, mom, or regardless of how uh, painful your experience might be, uh, women, because there are a lot of women who want to be married and they're not. Or there are a lot of women who have children but they're not. There's a lot of single moms around. There's a lot of stepmoms. You know what? There are lots of contexts in life. And what I want you to see here is that um, there's only one way to reflect the image of God and to bear His image in the midst of your life, and that is by receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that comes through Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, that is the good news. 
That is what Paul calls the gospel, the good news. That whether your life is really good or not so good, or whether you have a lot or you are struggling to just get by, or whether you're living with this sort of winsome freedom because you've been a pretty good person, that is what you did, or whether you're limping along in life, still living out the pain of what you did, the only way to reflect the presence of God and to bear His image in the midst of your life is to receive. Say that with me. Receive the gift of God's grace and the gift, the abundance of God's grace and the gift of righteousness. Now let's read on here just a little bit more. Um, it says, For therefore, as through one man's offense... Now see, we're still talking about Adam, aren't we? And his wife Eve. Uh, therefore, through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Now will you say with me, judgment and condemnation? That's the new King James. Judgment and condemnation. Now judgment and condemnation come through the one man. Adam and Eve. In their brokenness, in their desire to, to, to be disobedient and to eat from that tree. Even so, read on with me, even so through one man's righteous act. You see that? Not your righteous act. Not what you have or don't have. Not what you do or don't do not what you did or didn't do, but through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Do you hear that? Now, if the Spirit of God gives you ears to hear that message, what it means is that you are morally responsible uh, for uh, sin and judgment and condemnation because you inherited that from your ancestor Adam and Eve whether you're a mom or a single mom or whether you're a dad or just a man or just a woman you inherited that but the free gift of God that comes to you through the one Jesus made you justified you say are you reading this into the scripture let's read it again verse 18 says therefore through one man's offense judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation judgment and condemnation comes to you by virtue of your being human now some of you are living in judgment and condemnation even now so the good news is following even so through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men and women resulting in justification of life now justification alluded to it last week is a a legal term it's a forensic term what it means is that God knows uh, that you identify with the daughters of Eve or the sons of Eve in your humanity but because Jesus was sent from the Father for the express purpose 
of paying for what you couldn't pay for, that to you then becomes a free gift that you couldn't do regardless of how good you think you are or how bad you think you've been. It comes as a result of a free gift through the one, Jesus Christ. Now that judgment and that condemnation then is broken for through one man's righteous act, that's Jesus' righteous act, going to a cross and on it dying, through His righteous act, the free gift came to everybody, resulting in God saying to you, here's the good news, you are now not guilty. Well, I don't feel not guilty. That doesn't, that, you're not that. You see, that's not who you are. That may be what you did or what you didn't do or, or what you have or don't have. But righteousness, we just read, comes through the one Jesus. And when you then receive Jesus and His one righteous act on the cross, probably didn't look like this one. This one's pretty, you know, uh, pretty distinguished. But when Jesus died on the cross and when He said it is finished... And when you then place your faith, and when you receive what He did for you, God says to you, all judgment, that's what we just read, and condemnation are now gone from your life, and you are justified. How? By the blood of Jesus. Now let's press this just a little bit further, because I'm convinced the American church does not really get this. We go, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we live in judgment and condemnation. Now let's move a little bit further. Let's look at one more verse. For as 19, uh, 519, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, who's that? That's Jesus. Many will be made righteous. <gasps> Somebody ought to go, Somebody to pull out a hanky, you know, and just wave that thing and go, I once was in condemnation. Thank you there. I see that hanky. I was in guilt. I was in shame. I was in this because I didn't do very well. I was in, I was in. God has said you are now justified by the blood of Jesus and that makes you in Jesus absolutely righteous. Now some of you are still sitting here going, but, 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 there are no buts. There are absolutely no buts to this. It is not Jesus plus you. It is Jesus, period. Now that is the good news. Now let me, let me push this. i got just a couple more minutes here. Let me push this a little bit further. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might be magnified. Read it. Okay? Uh, verse 20. But where sin abounded... And it does, and it did. Grace, unmerited favor, the free gift of God, the enabling power of God, God reflecting His very image through you comes, this grace of God comes, uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. As, as, as your life is dark and difficult and painful, as sin abounds and darkness and death looks like sometimes it will be crushing, God says where sin abounds, because of the death of that 
the, the choice of that one, Adam, now righteousness and grace will be magnified through what Jesus did for you. Now what that means is, you're like the moon. You simply get the opportunity to reflect there's nothing inherent in me that's light-producing. That's what the Bible says. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, just like the moon, we're full of craters and dust. But God has created us to bear His image and reflect it back in the midst of dark places in our lives. Now, let me answer the question for you. Um, how do I get this? If it's true. Can this be true? That God would love me even because I did or I didn't, I have or I don't have, I do or I don't do. Can God actually love me now because of what Jesus did? I'm going to end with this. Turn with me, if you would, to um, Romans chapter 9. Now, if you want to read up more on this, read Romans chapter 3. And then study through Romans chapter 5. And now I'm going to end with this, Romans chapter 9. This is amazing. Now here, I shared this with our intercessors on Wednesday night. I want to just hit it real quickly. It says this, uh, Romans chapter 9. Paul's talking about Israel, physical Israel, the nation Israel. And he says this, verse 30, Romans chapter 9. What shall we say then that the Gentiles, who are the Gentiles? Those, those who aren't Jews. Those who are, you know, those pagan people. That's us. Okay. Now, what shall we say then that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness that comes to them, read your Bible, by faith? The Gentiles weren't looking for God. They were just doing what seemed right in their own eyes, and God, by His grace, began to intervene and began to show them, even though they weren't trying to be all that good. They attained to, here's the phrase, the righteousness of God through faith. Let's go on, verse 31. But Israel, on the other hand, these are the good Jewish folk, they were pursuing the law of righteousness. That is, they were trying to be righteous based upon their performance of the law. 623 laws. Hello? And they were kind of self-righteous because they were keeping some of them. However, Israel, they were pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the righteousness that comes by the law. Why? Verse 32. Everybody say, why? They were good folk. They were pedaling their bicycles pretty hard. They were trying to do the best that they could. They were washing their hands a certain way, and they were keeping the moral law. They were doing all of these things. Verse 32, why have they not achieved to the righteousness that comes by the law? Verse 32 says, because they did not seek it by faith. Oh, this thing called faith is important then, isn't it? But... As it were, they were pursuing it by the works of the law. They were trying to pursue the righteousness of God based upon their performance. Some of you may be caught in that trap. And you are tired, and some of you are miserable, 
And any of us who try to be righteous based upon what we do or didn't do, have or don't have, will become frustrated with the Christian life. And eventually you you will say, I can't do this. And God will say, well, thank you very much. Because that's why I sent my son Jesus. So that when you have faith in him, I will credit to your account righteousness and I will justify you before the high court of the universe without respect to what you do or don't do, did or didn't do, have or don't have. You will reflect my glory. Now, let's read on. I'll end with this. Now, as it is written, verse 33 of chapter 9, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him, that's Jesus, will not be put to shame. Now, why was this, why was Jesus a stumbling stone and a rock of offense to the Jews? It wasn't Jesus the person. It was Jesus their righteousness. That was the stumbling stone. The Jews under, had an understanding that they were righteous because of how they lived and what they did. Nobody's saying what you do isn't important. But the way you become righteous is not based upon what you do. It's based upon what God has done for you in Jesus. Another verse here, they stumbled at the stumbling stone, which is uh, Jesus. Now that is a reference to Jeremiah 23, and I think it is verse um, 6, which, which talks about God will raise up a branch, capital B, a branch of righteousness. And if you read that, Jeremiah 23, 6, it says, and he will be called Jehovah This is the best rendition of the Hebrew I can do. Sit canoe. The Lord, our righteousness. The stumbling block of the Jews and the offense to them that they stumbled over is that Jesus was their righteousness. Now, verse 3 of chapter 10, and I'll end with this. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness that comes through Jesus and seeking to establish their own righteousness that comes through the performance of the law, they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Verse 4 says of chapter 10, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. In other words, you can't be righteous by keeping the law to everyone who believes. Now, question is, If God created you, moms and women, men and dads, to be a reflection of His his image and His likeness, it has very little to do, like the moon, with yourself. It has everything to do with Him. Now the question that I want to answer and leave you with is how then can I be absolutely certain that I am righteous before God? Can anybody answer that based upon what we just read? It is by this thing called faith. Now, Chris, are you in the balcony? You are. 
If I had a gift for you, and as a little young man, we, I baptized on Friday. Extenuating circumstances were such that uh, his family wanted him baptized. He came to Jesus. How old are you, Chris? Real loud. Ten. This young man understands something about faith. If I had a gift for you, Chris, how would you get it? Listen. Come on, pick it up. If I had a gift for you, how would you receive it? Woo! That's what faith is. Thank you, Chris. Bless you, man. This little 10-year-old gave his life to Jesus based upon what? Based upon what Jesus had done for him on a cross by which God said, you are now righteous. Oh, you'll stumble and you'll fall through your life. But when you trust in me, my righteous gift is free to you. And the question that I have for you as we end and then pray for our women is how do you get the gift that God says is freely yours? And see, the answer is come and get it. That's the point. Receiving Jesus by faith. And many churches in America are living in the presumption, the, the, the cauldron, the poison of a stew that's the mixture of faith plus who you are and what you do. And if you ask Johnny on the street, how will you ever be righteous before God? Come on, the answer that you will get from the majority of people is, well, I'm a good person. I want to be a good person. I belong to the church. I've been baptized. I've done all of these things. And guess what? Just like the moon, you can only reflect the glory of another. Moms, you are not what you do. You are not what you have. Women, you are not even who you think you are or say that you are. You are who God says that you are. And He says, on the basis of what Jesus did for you alone, on that implement called a cross, when you receive the gift by simple faith, God says, now I count you, the words are justified by my blood, and now righteous because God has credited to your account the righteousness of Jesus. That's the gospel. So people have said to me, yeah, you're preaching a lot about this grace. Yeah. <laughs> Women, I just want to pray for you. Jim, and, Jim, why don't you come on up? And let's just, if you're a woman here today, you say, oh, I'm not a mom. That's okay. I want you to stand. Because sometimes we affirm one and inadvertently disaffirm those who aren't moms. This is an affirmation of the daughters of Eve. Isn't that good? I read that in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. This is a reflection of you being a daughter of Eve. Made to reflect the glory of another. And some of you get to do that as moms. And some of you aren't yet moms. And some of you may never be moms. But that doesn't define who you are. 
What defines who you are? Jesus' faith in what he did for you. So men or those who are seated around these amazing ladies, would you stand and put a hand on their shoulder? Or would you just... See, what, I, what Jim and I want to do is just bless you today. We gave you a carnation, but how... We should have given you a truckload of carnations. We... Oh, the good news is God's already given you a truckload of blessings. Let me begin, Jim, if you'd like to pick up, feel free to do that. Let's pray for just a minute. God, we want to bless these daughters of Eve who are righteous because of the free gift of God. Father, thank you that we're able to celebrate who they are as women, some of whom are moms some of whom have never been moms. Father, I pray today that as we end, that you would so saturate their lives and their hearts, God, with the knowledge that you love them just the way they are and that you have made them to reflect your glory, your light, the life that comes from you, God. So would you bless and encourage them today? God, some have been representatives of light in the midst of awfully dark places in their lives, and nobody ever would know. But God, you know. And you see and you love them, God, just the way they are. I bless you, Lord. You know, when you begin to pray, there's a whole lot of pain that I begin to sense. And some of you have that pain. But here's the good news. In the midst of whatever loss or difficulty, even abuse, and all the craziness that comes our way sometimes because of the darkness in which we live and, the, and through other people that, we, that don't yet understand the free gift and abundance of grace and the righteousness that's ours in Jesus. God, thank you that every woman here can reflect your image in the midst of the places in which they live. So, Father, as we rest and just thank you that you're, you're just resting upon them, you know, I sense the Holy Spirit would just say to you, women, because you have trusted in Jesus, You are justified. You are righteous. And God has set His love upon you. And Father, I pray that You would cause us to walk more in the understanding that we carry Your image made perfect through the righteous gift of Jesus. 
God, bless these women, bless these men. God, would you increase, increase upon this house the understanding that, that you are righteous. God, you are the one to whom we look and reflect your glory, your image, your mercy and peace in life. Now just receive what God has for you, girls. <laughs> just receive what God has for you. God's speaking to some of you right now. And some of you have questioned, you know, I don't, I don't know that I've really ever crossed this bridge uh, personally, this bridge of faith that Jesus was really enough for me. And maybe you've never done that, and the invitation then is simply to come and receive the righteous gift of Jesus freely for you. Maybe you've crossed that bridge maybe numerous times, but you just don't feel somehow feelings are getting in the way and you don't feel like God just really loves you as he said he does because of Jesus I'm just going to ask you to receive afresh the gift of life because of what Jesus did on the cross through faith and as you receive it as you say right now in your heart God I want to be a woman of faith who walks in reflecting your glory and your light and your presence. God, would you begin to make that happen in my life? And as you do that, God will begin to do what He's purposed to do with each of us, whether we are male or whether we are female. For in Jesus, there's really no difference between male or female. Jew or Greek, slave or free, but we're all one in Jesus. And so now, God, would you bless and would you encourage and would you fill us with your spirit afresh so that we might rejoice in the midst of our life and that we might reflect and bear the image of the one who loved us from all eternity and to seal the deal, everybody said together, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day today in Jesus. If you'd like special prayer, we'd love to just pray for you. Some of our elders and ministry team will come up here. God bless you. Hug on the ladies and women in your lives today, God. Let them do that. Men, do that. Let God love on them through you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day today in Jesus.